You are listening to the Run Duo Podcast, a program to entertain and to inform. For runners, by runners. Now here are your hosts, India Cook and Tommy Mitchell. And we are back for episode 19, and we are... The Run Duo. Duo. I am Tommy Mitchell. And I am India Cook. Hey, India. It's almost the end of the year. Oh, my goodness. Can you believe it? I feel like 2018 went by super fast. It, it, It did go by super fast, really. It really did. I mean, like... Blink of the eye. Right. So, you know, when you were younger and your parents used to tell you the older you get, the more the faster the years go. Yeah. I have finally gotten to that point. I'm like, yep, that's true. Every every year just flies by. I mean, I'm, I'm old, so I already knew that. I figured that out <laughs> a minute ago. But before we get going, just to yes. let y'all know, uh, I do have a great interview with uh, Nadia Ruiz. She's out of L.A. She's an educator. She's a speaker. She's a run coach. And she's mm-hmm. run over 100 marathons. Yes. And you guys got to stay and listen to how she ran her first one. It's a great story, great story. But okay. before we get into that, yes. it's shenanigan times. Yes, it is. You know, we got some in, random stuff to talk about. End of the year stuff. shenanigans. Yes. So this is the last um, podcast we'll have before the new year. Correct. And we'll be posting this after Christmas. So it's kind of our Christmas, New Year. Yeah, wrap up. Holiday kind of thing. things. Yes. So it is our wrap up, but can you believe it? We started this podcast earlier this year, and we just been on it and consistent and doing our thing every two weeks. Every two weeks, every two giving weeks. y'all some goodness. Exactly, giving you the news. I've been enjoying it. You've been enjoying it, I having know. having a good time, having a good time, and telling the people all, the, giving your experiences to yes. all the people. Yes, and being, I think the most, the best thing about it is being real. Like I feel like we are a podcast that's transparent. We're real. This is the realness of what a runner does. We really real. Yeah, not a lot of fancy stuff, but we just tell you what it is, how it is to be working and trying to do things and maneuvering through life and being a runner at the same time. Exactly, and running, you know, it's not always. Great. It's not always PRs. Exactly. It's not always PRs. It's not always you feeling good. It's injuries that come. Life takes over. You know? All kinds of things happen. All kinds of things. y'all remember us as a podcast that's real and tells the real deal of kind of what a runner's life looks like. Exactly. And we ain't going nowhere. We're going to keep giving it to you. Nope. We're going to give it to you. And 2019 is going to be bigger and better. Bigger and better. Now, what you got for him today, India? So, I know that a lot of people have been asking me um, about Boston. Unfortunately, I did not get into Boston. Um, there was a contest. Boo, for real. Boo. And I don't even know. Did I even explain what it was? So, Highland Power was doing um, they actually have a, a leg cramp cream and a couple other things, but they were doing an initiative where each year they pick a group of individuals to run under their brand and they get entry into Boston. Mm-hmm. This year, they were picking professionals that were in the helping field. So they call it the healers. So people that are psychiatrists, dentists, therapists, um, just people that are in their their um, occupation is helping. Last year, 2018 run, um, they did teachers. And so this year, it was people that were in like, helping fields. Um, so, of course, I am a therapist. I do therapy for individuals, um, adolescents, and I actually work at a psychiatric hospital. So, of course, I'm in a definite helping field. Yeah. And so I was able to give them my story, how I connect the work that I do with running, and a couple of different questions that I had. But it was a, it was hundreds of people per the email that they had to sift through and see who they want to give a bib. And unfortunately, I wasn't one of those people, but I thought that I was trying. I would say, thank you, Philip King, for sending it over to me. Like, you sent that over to me and 
thought that I had a great chance and was a big supporter in regards to that. So I appreciate it. Um, so didn't get into that, but some good news is that I did get into Cherry Blossom. Yay. Cherry, Cherry Blossom 10K, 10, not, 10, <laughs> not 10K, it's a 10 miler that's happening in DC in April, 2019. So I'm really excited about that. And we talked about that on our last podcast with the ladies from Run Girl, um, cause they are out of DC and that's a big race that they really enjoy. So I did get into the lottery for that. So I'm excited. So I'm gonna start cranking, cranking up some training. Um, getting ready for that. So when is the cherry blossom? What what part of the year is that? It's April seventh. Okay, great. Yes. Yeah. So, but if you didn't get in, you're not getting in now. So if you missed it, you're not getting in. Yes. So <laughs> it's Sunday, April seventh. Now she did mention. I think it was Natasha that mentioned that they do kind of sell bibs closer to the time in February. So y'all can check the website out for that. But it it, it was a lottery entry. So, yeah, I, I've been wanting to do that one just because, you know, I love D.C. It's mm-hmm. it's a great when the weather's good. It's a great place yeah. to run. It's a beautiful place to run. I'm excited. And it seems like it's going to be really beautiful. And um, I'm excited about it. And it's time to train up. I said I'm going to basically just train for a half mm-hmm. um, and be ready for 10 miles. So I think that that's the best way to do it is to train up for a half. Oh, perfect. Perfect. So perfect. Be, be ready to go. Now, since this is our um, Christmas episode, yes. what did you ask Santa for Christmas? Good health and love and prosperity. Lord, okay. Um. <laughs> okay, so this is the thing. So I really don't, it, I guess because of my age, I don't really ask for many things um, from my parents. They're tired of giving me running stuff. So every time I give them a Christmas <laughs> list, I give them like socks, new sneakers, you know, different like uh-huh. running type things. I ask for massage gift cards. I ask for like a lot of times it's running type stuff because the stuff from my house is like a new sofa, scratch the dent out on my car. Like it's stuff that's expensive. Like I have a dent on the side. You want to get me, give me a paint job yeah, for my car? Like, you want to hook a So I, I feel like I'm at that age where like getting stuff is not. And then like my boyfriend and I, we just said, whatever you heard us say that we wanted, just get that like we're not going to tell each other what we want just get what you think we need we just kind of went with that like i'm not doing the whole yeah y'all knew y'all knew whatever (laughs) we straight up like this hey i want a kitchen table no (laughs) no i don't know about every i I like the the element of surprise and are you listening to me well no but i'm talking she like that i'm a little missy so well, no, I'll usually, you know, let her tell me what she want, and I'll get that, but then I'll get something else. Yeah, which you know. probably is yeah. where it would end up going, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about you? What you asked for Santa for? Um, I asked Santa for, I need some new running shoes. Yes. I'm training for a marathon. I probably need two pair of running shoes, actually. Um, what else do what I want from Santa? You know what? Honestly, there's not a whole, whole lot that, that I like, um... I always try to think, okay, what would excite me if I got it on Christmas morning? It's not a lot left right. like that anymore. I mean, when you older, like you, you get what you need for yourself. <laughs> you do. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. If right. I want something, I just go get it. Entry or pay for, like you said, some stuff that we know that we need. Yeah. That you know, that mm-hmm. you may think there, or you might see that we might need. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. So yes, Phoenix, a uh, uh, Phoenix oh, Five. You asked for a Phoenix. No, 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 no. I did not. But if oh. if there was a run Santa and I got to actually write okay. a list to him, I wouldn't mind that's, upgrade. Would, that's what I would ask for. I wouldn't mind upgrading my watch. Yeah, but no, I wouldn't. No, I would never expect Heather to buy me that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's this a crazy that. expensive yeah, ass yeah. watch. No, if you bought that, I'd be like, oh no, we taking this back. We gonna get right. <laughs> we gonna get something else. I can get the four pair of shoes. Right. So, exactly. uh, but no, if there was an actual Santa that came into your house and left a gift, I would want him to leave me a Phoenix Five. All right. 
running watch. I don't know if I want a Phoenix 5. I, I know somebody that has that watch, and mm-hmm. of course it's amazing, but they had a lot of like GPS issues with it. Really? Yeah, so... Mm. Mm. But, well, I mean, it's an amazing watch, and obviously it's some worth it for some reason. Um, and it's a lot heavier than your other wa- the other Garmin yeah, watches. Yeah, exactly. But, Definitely. Yes. So, going into... I'm not really big on New Year's resolutions. Are you? I don't think I've done one in a while. Yeah. So I usually do kind of like vision boards or whatever. Like I'll I was write gonna ask out. you that. I was dr- yes. I was riding home and they were talking about on a podcast. They were talking about vision boards. I was like, I should ask and see if she likes to do vision boards. I do. So I mm-hmm. prefer to do vision boards versus New Year's resolutions. Okay. So and I think vision boards allow me to look at where I'm trying to go. Um, and look at the things that I need to be working on to get there. So mm-hmm. last year, and usually some of my friends, we come together and have like a vision board party. Mm-hmm. And we have magazines and pictures and all this stuff. And I'm a little crafty. Um, so what <laughs> I do is I actually frame my vision board. And I actually put it up in my room. And it's a little area in my room that I mm-hmm. have that I have a wall that has like dream big, some little corny yeah. like saying. Um, and I kind of separate it. Well, the saying is corny, but... Mm-hmm. What I'm doing is not corny, but I separated kind of my visions of fitness, um, finances, work, love, spirituality. Like I kind of have the vision for it separated in all those areas. Uh And I just kind of put on like, how do I want to grow in those areas? Is it that I want to save money? Is it that I'm trying to, you know, like run in PR? Like, am I trying to better my pace? Like, what Mm -hmm. are the things that I want to do? And I feel like when I have those up on the wall as a vision, that's what I, that's what I have. And sometimes I found that over the years, sometimes my vision board doesn't come down. Like it's okay to keep it there because I may not have met those goals, but I know that I'm working towards them. So Mm -hmm. I prefer vision boards over New Year's resolutions and just things that I know I want to improve upon within myself. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, my, um, one of my, one of my supervisors once had us do, uh, vision boards Mm -hmm. at work. It was okay. Mm -hmm. Was it work type stuff? No, it was supposed to be like a real vision board. She just was like, she had a vision board party with her friends and Mm -hmm. she thought, oh, this would be great team building. So like we went into Rashida Sometimes vision boards are kind of personal. Yeah, yeah, that's what I kind of figured too. Yeah. Yeah, so, but I mean, I did when I pasted some stuff up there. Okay. Oh. <laughs> He's so sweet. He's like, I did something just to say I did it. I got you. But I mean, I do, like, for instance, for 2019, I think you and I discussed this. I do want to do more volunteering. Uh Um, I think that that's something that I definitely want to do in 2019. Not only just volunteering in the community, but also volunteering at races and and getting out there a little bit more. Um, And doing more, I think I want to, I kind of miss doing group run type stuff. Like, not a lot of it, Uh but I did, I, I trained solo all year this year. Mm. And I don't know, I can't say that I suffered, but I did not improve. You think it's because you trained by yourself? I don't think it's because that, but I don't know if I really pushed myself as much as I could have. You know what? Like, of course, I PR'd on my marathon. Okay. Right? So there was some improvement. Yeah, there you go. Let me not say that it was not anything. Uh But I feel like I should have already PR'd on my half because my, my last half PR was in 2016. So, was it 2016, 2017? When I did New New York. I think it was 2016. But anyway, like, I feel like I could be in a better space. But I also know that I was marathon training. And I think it is is something to say when you marathon train and do big races solo. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I could be pushed a little bit more. So... I'm not saying that I'm going to be out here running group runs all the time, but maybe even finding a pace partner in my area, somebody yeah. that I can run with yeah. more. Um, my previous years, prior to this year, I was running a lot with Ayana and mm-hmm. things of that nature, and I feel like we were 
pushing each other and I feel like I did better and I think maybe I need that. I don't like the, a lot of pressure, but I would like to incorporate more of that. Okay. Well, you know, also that what could, you know, help you. Handsome? <laughs> really? Is this what we doing? I'm just saying if you want to get better. A different training program. If you if you want to get better. Mm. You you might want to go and check that handsome. That's all I'm saying. Well, I mean, I think that there are some things that could be different in my running and the consistency that could be different. Mm-hmm. So I totally understand that. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. Well, I want you to be like my the test product. Okay. Like we'll get you on his hands and then all of a sudden you running these fast halves and half marathons and it's like Hanson. Okay. So well, let me get through <laughs> Cherry Blossom Ten Miler because okay. I'm not gonna switch over for that. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. So I am let me let me get through that training. Um we know that I will be running the race in twenty nineteen. Yes. Okay. Um so maybe that could be a tester. Um mm-hmm. I don't know of any other halves that I'm doing as of yet for next year. Yeah. But maybe that'll be a tester. Maybe so. I'm just saying one cycle using Hanson. Just one. One cycle. One cycle using Hanson, I'm, I'm telling you. Mind right too. <laughs> you really That's do. I ain't gonna I'm lie to you. Mind right. You really do. Yeah, and then I think the other piece of it too is nutrition. And not only just my daily nutrition mm-hmm. nutrition, I'm talking about fuel. So when I'm out doing my runs, I want to solidify a better better fuel. So I was mm-hmm. using goo at one time. That mess was messing up my stomach. I was having more bathroom breaks. <laughs> and then I went to the cute um, to the cubes, the Cliff Bark cubes, uh-huh. little chews. Um, and I did try Martin, their gel, but I oh, didn't try yeah. it consistently. Okay. Um, so I would like to solidify a nutrition that I know that works for me and have a better routine of pre and post race or run nutrition as well like mm-hmm. i think that those things i want to solidify in 2019 so and you talked about group runs so like did you have a group in mind that you were planning to go with or was it not really a group it was just going to be some people that you just found and y'all all run together like you know friends that y'all will just schedule to run together um well i i'm I initially obviously um and I think she already posted this so I can mention this but Ayana which is my best run friend mm-hmm. um also got into cherry blossom so I'm expecting she's taken basically 2018 off mm-hmm. um and so she's expected to get back on the pavement so I expect to do the train initial training cycle with her so okay. we'll probably be able to do our bestie bestie runs again so her of course um I have not solidified a training place or a group okay um, I have yet to find a group that I feel like I fit in with. It, I don't I know that that sounds weird, but like mm-hmm. I have yet to find a group. I know that I, and I'll say this, when I first started running, I was with I was running with Movers and Pacers. Mm-hmm. Um and I felt very comfortable with them at the time. Um mm-hmm. they had a 2 mile and 4 mile or 2 mile and 3 mile route on Sundays that they did and yeah. they did speed work on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I did well with them socially and then of course as I continued, I became a captain of the organization mm-hmm. and then some stuff fell apart. We won't go there, but some stuff fell apart and I no longer was a part of them, but I also realized that I outgrew them in running. Okay. And what I mean by that is that they don't do a lot of distance running. They don't do a lot of participation in regards to distance mm-hmm. and things of that nature. And I became a distance runner. I was doing half marathons and obviously marathons. So, of course, I outgrew what they could provide for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, socially, I wanted to do more and be more engaged with other organizations. And that was something that I felt like was lacking. Yeah. Um, so, it, in perspective, perspective with that, like um, West Midtown, I really like them. But sometimes I feel like I get left. So you think they be rolling like they that? They be rolling. Yeah, 
I guess they do. They I don't, I've only rolled like, with them. I've run with them a lot, but I yeah, they can go. I very rarely see your people out there that's doing 10, 11 minute miles. Like majority yeah. of people, you're doing a nine minute mile or less out there with them. Do do black girls run have run groups anymore uh-huh. in Atlanta? Mm-hmm. Do they still do one out of Atlantic Station? I'm not sure. Oh, I've okay. never been affiliated with a black girls run. <laughs> Um, I'm a black girl that runs, but I've never been officially affiliated with yeah. them. I have been to, when I first started running and trying to get myself mm-hmm. out there, I went to two different meetups, um, and I didn't get a very welcoming. Really? Yeah. So I've never, and that's the reason why I just never latched on to black girls run. Like, yeah. Um, although I know they're a great organization, they mm-hmm. have been around for a while and they're, they're doing well with their stuff. I never was able to latch on because I had two not so good experiences. And yeah. for me, when I have not so good experiences, why I'm going to keep coming why back am I gonna keep coming back and why do I promote it? So yeah. that's just for me. And yeah. I think everybody has their running story. Um, but for me, that's what was that. So yeah. I've never, there's some people that I feel like I could that are very, heavy pro black girl run uh-huh. that I probably could link up with, but I have yet to find a crew that I feel like I can do. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing with run groups also, just who you feel comfortable, yeah. you know, and running pace. with. Yeah. Like for me, it's pace. I don't want to feel like I'm being left behind. I want to mm. feel like I'm pushed. I want to feel welcome regardless mm. of my pace. Um, I also want to have some part of socialization with it. Like yeah. if it's for running, there's a piece of socializing that I enjoy. So I want to have the socializing piece and I want to feel motivated. And I, you know, and so it's a lot of different things and also distance. Like I realized that a lot of the run crews that I probably would engage with and try to put my time into, I'm going to have to travel after work to get to them. And sometimes it's an hour drive. Like out where I live, Mm -hmm. there's not run groups. I mean, there's Tucker running out here, but you know, I don't really just demographic you still would have to drive because they're over here by me yeah i would have to drive to them Mm -hmm. so that's the other thing like spending time to drive and get to other running groups so yeah think about that's why i don't really run with any groups because i used to run with pace the city right and i enjoyed it when i lived down there but yeah i'm like to drive down there you're driving an hour yeah exactly to go down there run in and then go home exactly but i realized i'm gonna have to step outside the box to to step my run game up actually on my way home today i'm leaving work Uh, i work at state farm up in perimeter yeah i'm leaving work and i see um Br- do you know brett i think his name, last name is alexander he's i think he's the name yeah um light-skinned brother but anyway um i think he's a sigma i'm not sure but anyway he um i saw him he was running down ashford dunwoody i think he works for ihg okay they're the hotel company they uh-huh. run like uh-huh. um what's the big hotel uh, anyway, he works. For, I think he works for them, okay. which is a building around the corner from where I work. So okay. I said I was gonna hit him up because yeah. I was like, "Oh, that'd be kind of cool." I could because I've seen him there a couple. But see, I've seen him in the morning, like when mm. I'm first coming in a couple okay. of times, and I'm like, "Yeah, I couldn't get here in time to do that." But if he runs in the afternoon, yeah, you know, maybe and I that's could. The thing, if I yeah. can find a run buddy that's mm-hmm. in my area that's willing to, and that's that's the other piece. I'm not a morning runner. Yeah. So I prefer evening runs, and like a lot of people that I see that I would want to connect with that I probably would do an extra drive for, they run in the morning. Gotcha. Um. So I I have to figure that out. Well, anyway. Yes. So. What else you got for next year? So, obviously, along with that, so I was running, I was reading up on Runner's World um, magazine. I always look on their website to see what type of good articles that they have. So, a lot of you all as runners, you all try to kind of make New Year's resolutions or goals for the following year in regards to running and how many miles you want to run for the year. So, lately, I've been seeing a lot of people like, oh, I made my 1,000 miles for 2018 or I have 20 more to go, so I'm going to run this many miles this 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 week or, you know, next week or whatever it is. And I, I, I found it interesting that Runner's World kind of posted 
being cognizant of how many miles you run weekly. And obviously you want to keep up with it, but not overdoing it. So some people put out that 1000 miles for the year 2018 or 2019, but to get there, it takes you to, it takes a lot for you to get to, to that amount. And are you outstretching yourself just to say that you've ran a thousand miles? Are you keeping yourself injury free? Are you really listening to your body? What are the things that you're actually doing? So it's kind of the more of the conversation of, um, how many miles should you really be running a week? Like what, what should you be running and at your level of fitness? So the conversation in the article basically was talking about how your body is not a pedometer. Like it basically tracks time and impact, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't really track how many miles. It, t- it tracks how the time that you've been on your feet and it, it tracks the impact that you have on your feet. So do you have the right shoes? Do you have all the right gear and things of that nature to stay injury free? Like what are you doing to keep yourself together? So, and it's also about time on your feet and not necessarily the time that or how many miles you ran. So just because you had to decrease your pace to or decrease or increase your pace mm-hmm. to a slower pace compared to what you probably would previous run, previously run, it's good that you're actually out there running versus trying to hold that pace. So say, for instance, you know you needed to run five miles. You're tired that day. If you run those five miles in 40 minutes, when usually you run it in 20 minutes, at least you ran those five miles. So you still ran the distance, even though mm. the time was not where you wanted yeah. it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so people really understanding kind of what needs to be done. Obviously, higher miles. You're going to run higher miles as an individual if you're training for a half marathon or a full marathon. But are you outstretching yourself to make the amount of miles just because you're wanting to make this goal? Mm-hmm. Um, so something that they put out there for 5K runners, if you're trying to, you know, get off the off the couch and get into doing 5Ks, usually if you're training for a 5K, you're going to run about 20 to 25 miles a week. And for But for elite runners, about 70 to 80 miles. If you're training for a 10K, about 25 to 30. And elite runners, 80 to 100. For a half marathon, about 30 to 40. And for elite runners, 100 to 110. And obviously, if you're doing marathon training, it's going to be 30 to 50 miles a week. And elite runners, 100 to 140. Mm, you elites can have that. Right? <laughs> but I mean, I, we all know that some people do those type of miles yeah. and not be training. But it's interesting that they kind of put those out there. And for all those that are listening, those are just base numbers. That's not what you should be running. But those are base numbers. And uh, the article really also focused on building a base. And I think that this is something that I did when I was training for Chicago Marathon. Before it's training for Chicago Marathon, I ensured that I had a base of three to four miles. And what my base was, was I could comfortably run three to four miles without an issue. I wasn't stopping. I wasn't completely like I wasn't yeah. dead after running the three to four miles. Mm-hmm. So this is what my base is. What amount of miles can you run without struggle? And that's your yeah. base. And that's where you start. And it's always good, especially if you're going to be running a half marathon or a full marathon to have a base so that you know that when it's time to crank up the miles, you know where you're going to need be needing more, more help or more impact or what impact may be coming onto your body. Because we know that when you're full marathon training, your base becomes like eight miles during the week, right? And it starts to crank up to your 15, 17, 20 miles on the weekend. Mm -hmm. And it's no longer those three to four miles are out the window. Like you're very rarely doing the three to four miles when you're getting into the latter parts of the training for marathon season. So it's important for you to have a base and not just going from couch to half marathon or couch to full marathon 
without like because a lot of people get injured that way like they crank up these miles really quickly Mm -hmm. and are not paying attention to their body and understanding that you should always you know build a base and that all miles are not equal so even during training or when you're doing trainings you're going to have tempo run you're going to have distant training you're going to have long runs you're going to have intervals and you're going to have speed speed training so there's going to be different types of miles that you're going to have and if you're thinking about running a thousand miles for the year of 2019 you also have to incorporate what types of running that you're going to be doing it's not miles are not always just miles they may look very different mm-hmm. so increasing miles quickly obviously causes injury and if you're going to increase miles making sure that you're doing the recovery that you should have so i thought it was very interesting to read that article and just understand that it's not always a piece that I took away from it is that it's not always about gloat to say that I ran these amount of miles. It's about taking care of your body and listening to your body and increasing miles to your experience. Right. Exactly. So like for me, I'm not going to go out and run a hundred mile week when I can barely run a 20 mile week. Like that's not what I would do. And for people that are coming off the couch, you're not going to get up and go run a 5k when you've never run before. You're going to want to run 20 miles, 20 20 minutes here and there, 30 minutes here and there. You may run to the mailbox. You may run to the to the stop sign down the road, right? <laughs> like you, those are the small, you know, increments that we have to do. And everybody has to start somewhere. So definitely very good article. Yeah. You said that was in Running World? Runner's World. Runner's yep. World. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Runner's very, World. very good so, article. Yeah. So just pay attention to your body, guys. And just don't, um, don't overdo it. And they, you know, they kind of say something to stop to help to minimize your risk for obesity, high blood pressure, all those things is five to six miles a week is kind of what they mentioned is kind of a good base. Five to six miles a week is a good way to keep yourself active for those people that are maybe not training or Mm -hmm. racing five to six miles a week is kind of to keep you at a good steady and keep your feet going. Very good. Very good. Very good. And actually that a lot of what you're saying is like kind of the stuff that I had um, read, um, in different books as okay. I've, you know, gone through mm-hmm. studying, running and that sort of thing. Exactly right. what you're saying is exactly what those books were saying as well. As far as the amount of miles you need to put in when you're saying like elite versus someone, exactly. you know, who's not trying to be elite. But that that's pretty much pretty much what they were saying. Yeah. And you can build up to be an elite. We're not saying you can't do yeah. that, but you need to start where you are. Don't fool yourself just to say just to say that you put the miles in. And also, um, you know the amount that you jump from one to the other mm-hmm. and the the percentages you're supposed to stay in between exactly. not to jump too far mm-hmm. out in front from like, like you said, going from the couch to running whatever, 20, 30 mm-hmm. miles a week. Yeah. Now, right. um, since this is our last one before we bring our guest on. Yes. Let's see if we got any predictions. Uh Oh, so let's say world majors. Yes. Do you think any, any Americans, Men or women will finish in the top three of any world majors next year. I think Rupp's going to come back and do something. You think so? I think so. I feel like he he's dealing with injury, obviously. Uh-huh. I think he's going to gather himself. I think it's probably going to be the latter part of 2019. Yeah. But I feel like he's going to come back with a vengeance. Like, I feel like it's something about him that I feel like he has a fire under him that he's going to try to Well, yeah, because actually the guys on, you know, I've talked about this podcast before, House of Run. Yeah. That's what they were kind of saying, uh-huh. too. They like They feel like his ceiling is still... It's still up there. He's, He's still, the time. yeah, and he has a. He actually, I mean, when you think about it, Galen Rupp actually has a pretty nice resume. He I mean, does. He, he has an Olympic medal. I think people underestimate him. Yeah, he has Olympic medal. Uh-huh. He has a world major yeah. win. Mm-hmm. I mean, and some pretty much. I think he has about five or six top five finishes. He does in 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 world majors. He does, and I think people look at him like the little little. American, that fragile American, and they just kind of like they kind of knock him off the tr- like they don't really don't pay attention to yeah. him that much. 
And I guess recently he has had injury and has, you know, yeah. or whatever. But I think that I feel like he is going to come back in 2019 with a vengeance. I really wish he could have been healthy at Chicago because I, I really would like to see him against Mo because that's actually his his wheelhouse. You feel it's, like that's his, yeah. that's his area? Yeah. His yeah. Mo Fair, okay. him. It, I, that would have been a good race. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. So, okay, yeah. so you're going with, with Galen to, to, to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Kipchoge is going to do some stuff. He's not American, but I think he's going to do some stuff in 2019. Well, okay, so even as he gets older. Yeah, um, I think he got like two more years in him. You think he got two more years? So any race that he's in. He's going to place in the top three. No, I ain't going to ask you. That's, easy. That's too easy. Any race that he's in, any mm-hmm. world major that he does next year. Okay. And you got you got to put down some money on it. If you're gonna put money, if you're gonna put money, okay, you got a choice: Kipchoge or the field. Kipchoge. So you were taking him over every in 2019. In 2019, yes. any world major he's in, you're taking him over the field. But you're asking what which place though? You talking about first? No, no, no. Okay, yeah. So you're saying he would. So basically, what I'm saying is. If you're putting money down and you're betting, you bet $50, either mm-hmm. you're betting Kipchoge to win or anybody else in the field to win. Mm-hmm. I would go with Kipchoge. She still goes with Kipchoge. I still go with Kipchoge. <laughs> okay. I'm okay. still going with Kipchoge. Maybe we need to do a bet for one of these races. Oh, we're going to. We're going to. Get your coins. Get your coins. Get your coins. Now, on the women's side, do you think Shalane Flanagan will do the trial for the Olympics? Do you think she'll come to Atlanta and she'll do the trial? Or do you think she's done? Do you think she's like, you know what? After New York, I'm good. I don't see her doing a trial. I see her doing another marathon next year, a major next year, but I don't know if I see her doing the trial because that would give her what two more years of running. The Olympics the is Olympics in twenty twenty, right? Yeah, so twenty twenty. That would basically give well. Her the, a when year is the trial? When trial is the tri- is, trial is next year? Yeah, but what month? You remember what is it? Um, August. Is it August? Okay. So, well, if she did the trial in August, I well, I guess, it, yeah, I she would have another right. year. Yeah. Because it wouldn't, because the Olympics probably won't be until August of the next year, I right. guess. Yeah. 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 The Olympics is really, really going to mess with a lot of, because, okay, so say Kipchoge decides to run in the Olympics. hmm I mean, I don't know if Kenya even has a trial. I think they just pick their people. They have to do something. You can't yeah, do they go. I think they pick them. I think the, um, the their Olympic committee, mm-hmm. because there's always some turmoil with, Ethiopia and in Kenya, as far as the people they pick, right. because they have so many people that are so True. good. Right, right, right. So of course Kipchoge would be on it if he wants to run. Right. But think about this: if you win an Olympic medal, I mean, what did they get? Twenty thousand dollars? It's got to be more than that. No, I don't think you get that much to win an Olympic. Is it? A, is it a hundred thousand? It's got to be more than that. You might want to look that up. I don't okay. know, but it's definitely not as much as his appearance. His appearance fees. Of course. At some other race, mm-hmm. which if he runs the Olympics, which is in August, mm-hmm. he, he only runs two a year. Yeah. Yeah. I think that they will be weighing it out. But I think kind of like in Shalane's place, the fact that she is trying to retire and she's been announcing like, yeah. pre-retirement for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think that that question that you just asked would be raised more so with her. Like what will weigh out like financially? Like would it be make more sense for me to run these two world majors and get 50k versus you know going to run olympics and only getting 20k like what would that look like i mean you know who knows i mean it, 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 maybe he thinks the olympic medal is worth it you know just to have it 
for you know to represent his country. But he hasn't talked about retirement. No, I, I don't think he's. But going I think to. He's, I think we as individuals acknowledge that he's getting up there in age. Yeah. And so there's other people that may be starting to get on his coattail. But he, I think he still's got a good two years in him. Well, let me ask you this: Do you think him breaking the world record? Is gonna change anything? Like, do you think after he breaks the world, now that he's broken the world record, does he still have that fire? Yeah, you he think so? Drive. He has drive. He has okay. drive. Because I mean, think about when you run a marathon. Mm-hmm. Like, if you run, like if you ran a PR, it's you know. I mean, I PR for Chicago, and I ugh, a part of me still wants to do a little bit more. A little like, bit I more. I still have another marathon underneath me. But I don't like. Girl, I, you got about ten in you. Stop no, playing. No, I still have another. <laughs> I, the world makers only. I still have another one under me. But I just, I feel like, I feel like that's the addiction to running. Like the PR, mm-hmm. it's like it's never enough. Like, like, you're you like keep, okay, I, I think I can okay, get it. Okay, I can give it a little bit I more. I can do it oh, one more. Just thirty seconds. What if it's just a minute? Like I feel like that's the addiction of running, or, or shall I say? racers like uh-huh. there's a difference between just runners and people that race like we true. race that's so true. it's like as racers i feel like there's always that itch to pr and do better yeah and you might have said all right i want to um sub three or or the marathon or uh-huh. sub four in the marathon you may have did you like oh man i think i can sub 355 i think i can sub 350 so it's like i think that that is consistent as long as you're staying injury free and you feel like you're healthy i feel like that's always going to be there Okay. 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 That that's all my that's all my little questions for the new year. And I think that's perfect. We ended on that and we get to our guests yes, because wait, one more thing. Sure, sure. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. You all please don't forget if you are interested in running the New York Marathon, the lottery for the New York Marathon comes open on January 14th and it goes um until February 14th. So go ahead and put your name in. Um, put your credit card on file. If you get in, they can charge a card. But just for everybody so that they know, if you're interested in New York Marathon for 2019, lottery opens January 14th, 2019. So go ahead and put it in if you're interested. And y'all know that New York is very hard to get into, but it's an amazing race to, to run. Yes, From it is I hard hear, to get into. I cheered it on twice, and it's an amazing experience. So don't forget to do that. Great. And we're going to bring on our guests right now. All right. And we are back with the Run Duo. Today, it's just me doing the interview. And today, I have a great guest, Nadia Ruiz. How you doing today, Nadia? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for taking time out of your day to uh, speak with us here on the podcast. Now, Nadia, uh, you have a lot of credentials. There's a lot of reasons that I wanted to speak with you. But just uh, give a little synopsis about yourself to the audience. Like, who are you? What are you about? Well, my name is Nadia Reese, and I have been in the endurance life for quite some time. For now, the majority of my life, I've been actually running for over 20 years and triathlons over 10 years. I went to UCLA, got my bachelor's in biology and master's in education, and I've been teaching and coaching for the past 12 years. But where my real story was is that I did my first marathon when I was 14 years old on a whim, and that's kind of where my journey started. Oh, wow. On a whim at 14. Yeah, that, that's, that's interesting. So kind of tell us about your run story. What got you into running? Like, were you a, a runner in high school back, you know, like when you were younger and then just kind of stuck with it? Or what got you into it? I got into it because I was actually inspired. I was, I'm the middle child. I have an older sister and a younger brother, and they were the children that were put into sports since they were four and they had they were all great athletes I was the non-athlete in the family I just was always creative I was always uh, I was into art painting sculpting math competitions academic competitions and always my head in a book 
So my parents never really put me into sports. And there was one evening that I was doing homework and I got, I was watching TV and the world championship, Ironman championship in Kona was um, debuting and are showing. And I was just in awe by this event that had no idea what it was. And it's essentially what an Ironman is, is you swim 2.4 miles, you bike 112 miles, and then you run a marathon, which is 26.2 miles. And I just was, inspired absolutely inspired and what touched me more was the real stories of the people that were overcoming you know an obstacle in their life they were overcoming uh, either divorce or loss in the family or heartbreak or something that was very difficult for them and they put themselves with this goal and and trained either six nine months 12 months sometimes and were so dedicated still carrying a full-time job maybe mothers and fathers or maybe college student, and I just said one day, I want to try that. I go, I have, I'm not in sports. My parents, I don't know why they never put me in it, but I want to test myself and uh, and see if I can do that. So that was where my inspiration first started, just to test myself and give myself that bullet to do the Ironman. And then when I did a little bit of research, I just I realized that. Uh, expensive sport and you have to be 18 to do it and I was actually 12 or 13 years old at the time and so when I got into high school I said how about I'm just going to pick the first sport that I think might be the easiest and I signed up for my first marathon. What was your first marathon? LA Los Angeles Marathon in 1999. So when you say you did it on a whim did you train? I mean, was it a whim, like I didn't train, no. I just did it? Or yeah. did you actually I, get with a trainer and everything? I didn't train at all. I I, I actually was um, in cross country. I started cross country and track in my freshman year in high school. And so they basically, you're, you're running three or two mile competitions. Mm-hmm. And the most I had ever ran was five miles. And so I didn't know what I was doing. I ran in cotton. I ran in just basic shoes. I didn't know, again, I had no training, no no idea what I was getting my into, nothing about nutrition, uh, nothing. I just decided, I sat my parents down one day, I said, Mom, Dad, I signed up for the LA Marathon. I know someone else on the team who's doing it, so I heard about it, and I'm going to go ahead and sign up. And so my dad actually was inspired by that. He said, well, if my, he was 40 at the time, mm-hmm. and he said, oh, if my daughter's going to do it, then I might as well do it with her, because it actually was on my bucket list to do it. Uh, we both signed up for our first marathon in that manner. Uh, we had done like our longest run, which was like six miles, about two or three days before. And I was struggling with that one. So I knew I was going to be in for a rude awakening on our first marathon. That is crazy. So how did it go? The experience of a lifetime. And I think mostly because it was a discovery of my body and a discovery of my mental strength that I had never tapped into before. And I always considered myself a very disciplined, focused child and competitive. I was always at the top of my class and and just very, very disciplined to be focused in, in, on a craft whenever I was working on it, on a skill. And so when I started the, the run, I was like, well, I'm going to try to use that type of mindset towards it and be so driven and focused that no matter what I'm going to do is finish it. So my dad and I started hand in hand. We, we started that journey and everything was great. And your and adrenaline's going, the excitement is going, you hear the helicopters, it's in downtown LA, you know, it's wonderful. You're around thousands of runners. It's just the energy is so contagious. It's so high. It's just a great feeling. 
But then you start to see it kind of spread out. You start seeing people walk. You start seeing people struggle. And so that plays with your mind a little bit. And I was like, okay, now I got to recruit my own strength and kind of get focused here. But what I felt immediately was at mile 12, my body completely broke down. I Everything hurt. Everything. And this comes from, of course, never training. Uh, and mm-hmm. I just. Which is extreme burning. Like this, I'm the 14 year old little girl, and I sat on the curb. I, I stopped. And I was like, Dad, I, I don't, I can't do this. Like everything, it's been hurting for the last few miles, but I, I, I can't take it anymore. I didn't say anything, but I can't. I just can't. Mm-hmm. And I, I just sat there disappointed in myself, my head and my, and my, my legs, and I was wrapped around. And my dad kind of came down to eye level and just looked at me and looked at me almost like not just my father, but like my coach mm-hmm. and someone who is almost counting on me. And I think that was the biggest boost because he looked at me and said, I'm here with you. And if you, whatever you put your mind to, you can achieve it. If you want it bad enough, you can achieve anything and you can do this. And so, you know, with my dad there, I was like, I can't let him down. You know, I was, I was already whimpering. <laughs> so I stood up. We finished it together mile by mile. It became more and more painful. But at that point, I didn't allow myself anymore to say I can't. And I think that was the most empowering transformation that I committed mentally to really now knowing how much it hurt from not training, that I was willing to accept the pain and the discomfort that I was feeling to keep pushing forward and reach the goal, which was to get to 26.2 miles. So my dad crossed, my dad and I crossed that finish line hand in hand, hands raised, crying. Uh, my dad was teary, and I rarely see that man cry ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in tears from pain and also from, from joy. And it's just, I fell in love with the sport at that moment. And I, ever since then, I just, I look to the marathon as just this transformative journey. And I see it, that it can translate in, I've seen it in my parents. I've seen it in my siblings. I see it in people who, uh, like I train, I see it in my community, my friends. It's just an amazing journey that when you commit yourself to a goal, and it's not just a marathon, it's anything. Like if you're looking to get faster in a 5K, if you're looking to do your first Ironman, it's just something so special when you commit to a goal, you have a plan, and then you see it through. So true, so true. And I think that's what a lot of people get from that first marathon now so you you don't train you actually finish the marathon what was the next step like was that okay i'm so happy this is done i'd never want to do this again or was it you you put your mind to it to say you know what i'm getting ready i'm going to train this next time and and did you like go back to la again or what happened next that was exactly what happened i said i love this I love the pain and I can't wait to do it again next year. And I'm going to train next year and I'm going to try to do it right. And, um, I didn't, I, at that moment in 1999, I didn't know the proliferation of marathons at that point that they were going on in every state and they were going all over the world. Mm-hmm. I just knew about really the LA marathon and the Ironman. Like that's kind of what I knew about the sport still. It was still young in my mind. Mm-hmm. So when I started doing research and more and more, I was like, wow, they are everywhere. You can go do them everywhere. But since I was in high school and since I was a dedicated primarily first number one student and then I was doing cross country water polo and track, mm. I I only just focused on it. I said, all right, I'm going to come back to LA Marathon the following year. And my dad said the same thing. 
and then we're going to try to train this time, you know, focus on three to four months before, see what we can do to get ready and um, prepare. So that following year, try to prepare. And then it was a different type of journey at that point because I had devoted so much. And, and that's where I learned by second year that even if you try to do everything right for four, five, six months, something can go wrong on race day. So it's never guaranteed. And that's kind of what happened my second year. It was a hard learning step because I was so ambitious. Like, okay, I'm trained. I'm ready. I did my bong runs a little bit. So now I'm even more prepared. I have to go faster. But I was too ambitious. I was too excited. I went out too fast. And I ended up blowing up again and having to, like, recruit the mind again. It's like, oh, no, it's go through this again like why but still it's like you love the process so much it brings you just back and hungry for more i ended up improving only about uh maybe seven or seven or eight minutes the following year Mm -hmm. but that was that was uh, after four or five months of training devoting to it so that's why i was like i'm not going to give up i can get better let me try to do it right the third time and so I did it. And I actually ended up cutting off a half hour the, the third year. And I was like, yeah, I was so excited <laughs> for that. <laughs> and I mean, after hearing that your first marathon was when you were 14, because um, I see on your Instagram, you are the youngest Latina to run 100 marathons. Is that correct? Yes. So I actually ran only L.A. for a year. Uh-huh. And then when I went to college, I still maintained my priority with development profession and school so I still only did LA every year through grad school and finally when I finished grad school that's when I started to do do more and it's five a year and then seven a year and then eight ten a year and then I started really getting into the racing culture and seeing you know meeting new people meeting new runners who were just as crazy as I was because I thought I was a very rare breed because my dad started racing more too with me Mm -hmm. and him and I are pretty similar in in this in this love for the endurance sport this love for the run and love Mm -hmm. for the marathon distance so uh i when i started finding these people like wow this is amazing there's like these groups like marathon maniacs and then Mm -hmm. then like the advent of social media really picked up and so you can really connect with people and you can see that there's a, a bigger culture out there i'm like oh my gosh now i have friends to travel with who really love running just as much as i do you know, everyone comes from all walks of life. Everyone has their own different profession, but we shared a common ground. That common ground was like this deep love for the run. And I got literally, my sister sometimes looks at me weird. My mom sometimes, I mean, they enjoy fitness, but they like, you are extreme naughty. Like you really <laughs> love running. My dad gets me. And now I know, like, you know, there's certain people that get me. So I kept racing more frequently. I just fell in love with the process. And then I, I realized, I was like, okay, my body's not the same as it was when I was 14 to 18. I have to train a little bit different. But when you're in your 20s, your body's still pretty resilient. I mean, if you push it, it will follow. Um, I'm really into sports nutrition and recovery. and Because it's not only just training, training, putting the miles in, but it's a whole package deal. Like the harder you want to push your body, the more you have to give it. And that just goes for anybody. We, we, all of us have this amazing ability to tap into our mindset. Now we all have different bodies that we have parameters that we can work with, but we can push those boundaries with our mind. And I was doing that more and more and more in my 20s and racing more. Uh, I, then I researched online when I reached about, I think it was 60 or 70 marathons I found online 
uh, I was probably 25 or 26 at the time that the world record was held by a British woman and she had run, she was the youngest female to run a hundred marathons at age 34 from Britain. And so I was like, oh, wait, I was just doing the math. I'm like, if I just keep doing maybe 15 marathons a year, like I am, I don't feel like I was crazy. You know, I was teaching full time. I also had a side job. On the, I was working in event production. I had a home. I had my two dogs. You know, I was, I, I was taking care of my priorities, but I was just racing and training. It just kept me alive. It kept me motivated. It kept me happy. And I think that the more that I kept moving, the happier I was. And that made me a better teacher. That made me a better coach. That made me... A, a better person to, or a happier person to be around because nobody likes someone, you know, especially if you come to work and someone has a sour face, it's like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be around you. Yeah. But then when you, if you show up to someone with, to work or class or school or your home and they're lively, they're happy, they ask, like, what are you on? And literally, like, people ask, like, Nadia, why are you always smiling? I go, oh, I just got my workout in at four in the morning before getting, you know, up to go to my classroom. You know, I just, it was something that was feeding itself and the happier I was, the more I wanted to do it. And it just, it was contagious too, because people were like, you're so happy. I want to do what you're doing. And what race are you going to next? I kind of want to be there. Let's set these goals together. Let's keep each other accountable. And um, going back to the record, I was like, all right, I'm quietly going to go after this record and we'll see what happens because you never know. You never know if you get hurt, if you get, for women, if you get pregnant or, you know, if you get something happens, like mm -hmm. if you have a family. So I didn't want that to be my sole focus because it was going to be three years down the line. But I quietly didn't. I'm competitive. I still was Boston qualifying and running these races pretty fast. I got to you know, 70, 80, 90 that last year in 2008. Uh, I'm sorry. Was it 2000, 2016 or 28? Uh, I hit... 20 marathons that year to hit the record. And I ran my hundredth marathon with my father. We did it on father's day at San Francisco marathon. And again, my dad was actually struggling through loss of his father and loss of his mother recently. And I actually coming close. And this is exactly what happened coming close to my hundredth marathon. I was three marathons away and I ended up kicking the dresser one morning the day before uh, my marathon, my ninety seventh marathon, and I broke my toe. I broke my pinky toe, uh. and so I was I was devastated because I had already media contacted. I already like because at that point I thought oh, it was a for sure thing. As long as I stay healthy, I'm gonna hit ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine, one hundred, and celebrate at Father's Day. It was perfect, and around my work schedule, family schedule, everything was set in stone, and I break my toe. Uh. So. Uh, my times dramatically changed those last four marathons. I usually, I, like I said, that last year I was averaging 315s for most of my marathons, even though I was doing 20 a year. Mm. I was just pretty resilient, pretty good about recovering. But those last four, I mean, I, I was, they were very, very painful. I ran, I, I, I wouldn't even call it running. I actually wobbled. I wobbled through four marathons uh, with extreme pain, mm. um, broken toe. Absolutely don't ever recommend doing that, but I, I had to get them done. Uh, I think I slowed down. One of them was an hour. Another one was an hour and a half. And then literally that 100th marathon was like almost a two-hour slowdown. And I ran, since I ran it with my dad, it was okay. But I had to take probably a good three months off after that 100th. And people were like, where is she? Like, how come she's not racing anymore? Like, did, did, did she? Because for me, it's not just about 
checking off a bucket list race or checking off a bucket list goal, for me, it's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so for me to got kind of pulled back completely after three months like that, it was pretty hard. And um, But that 100th marathon was very special, again, to, to share with my dad. My dad's a, a racing machine, too, as well. <laughs> yes, it sounds like it sounds like he's there with you basically every step of the way, which is great. Uh, I love to hear that. Now, what made you go? Because, I mean, I could sit here and, and list off all the accomplishments you have. Like, five, is it five Ironman you've run or done? Yeah, so over the 20 years now, mm-hmm. uh, I have done five Ironmans, 11 half marathons. I'm, I'm sorry, half Ironmans, 80 half marathons. 140 marathons and uh, several adventure races and a couple of small testing races as well. And in different countries at that. Yes. So I've used now my races as to a mode of traveling and exploring. Uh-huh. I, I absolutely love exploring new things and learning new things. And so I use my races to go and visit a, a city or a, a trail or a town that I've would never possibly ever visit and go or even if it is a city I really am intrigued to go visit like for instance one of my favorite international marathons I did was Rome Rome Marathon uh, I booked like a 10-day vacation um, it was during spring break I did the Rome Marathon the first weekend and then vacationed for seven days through Italy I went through Florence and Venice and it was absolutely beautiful I ate a lot I walked a lot I ate a lot of gelato it's just for me it's just a whole experience that I get to share Mm-hmm. And, you know, friends, my dad, or family. That is wonderful. And, and I mean, like I said, that, that's amazing. And not only do you, you know, and like you said, it's not all about bucket list and that, thing, that kind of thing, but you've done all these races, but you've taken your love, and now you're a coach. So tell me, how, how did that transition happen? When did you start coaching in running? I started coaching about maybe 10 years ago. It first started with Students Run LA. Since I was teaching at LAUSD, they have a combined program with Students Run LA, SRLA. Uh, They train inner city students and kids from middle school and high school. They select usually between 10 to 15 students per school to sponsor uh, in a training program. So within that training program, they give them free shoes, free maybe about four or five free entries, uh, one of them being the LA Marathon, and these are kids who don't have access and would never be able to afford a, like a marathon registration or don't have the money to afford like shoes. And I became the first assistant coach, and I saw how passionate I was in it because since the LA Marathon is my was my first marathon, I just poured my heart and soul into it, and I saw like how excited these kids were, and they just fell in love with again the process. So then I became a head coach with the students from LA. At that point, I started uh, coaching cross country and track. And over the years, and then I became um, hired by different companies that would then train me. That would ask me, we'd like you to train these group of adults to go train for the LA Marathon or for a certain marathon. It was sponsored by the company. Uh, one of them was Lululemon, Adidas, like just different brands or companies. And then I also started them training personal clients. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, I, as much as I love teaching, I love coaching. I can see it in adults, in children, in the teenagers. It's just, I speak the language and I know 
exactly what it feels like when you're going through and in different stages of your life too, like what it feels like to run when you're 16 when you're, or when you're 14 or when you're 20 or when you're struggling with school and balancing all of your, your classes. Like I know what it is to struggle through that or then when you're in a serious relationship or trying to build up a home or you're building a profession, like there's always all these things that are heavy on our shoulders, but I, running is a common language that we can share that can be a great outlet for that and help us just, you know, transform a positive, positive aura. And that helps us have that mindset. Now, you were kind of going over like how you got into it and, and the different brands. Cause I see here on your Instagram, it says Adidas runners LA. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Like Adidas has hired you to train runners for the LA marathon basically. Yes. So currently right now, Adidas Runners is a global running community and they have about 53 chapters all over the world. So they're located in all major cities and it's an amazing community and they, and they approach running and the community in a holistic way. So they look, they focus on recovery, nutrition, uh, mindset, and then performance, of course, training, like training plans and how to properly train. What is periodization and what, why should you be there in your, your run workouts if you want to get better or if you want to just come run for fun? That's what we're, we're here too as well. And so they only have two chapters in North America. Uh, New York opened up about a year ago and then LA opened up a few months ago, about maybe four or five, and then came on board with them. Well, I mean, yeah, it does sound like you definitely, definitely enjoy uh, coaching. Let me ask you this. So because more than likely we're going to this podcast is, is going to post during the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, a lot of runners lay off during those time periods. What kind of advice would you give um, a runner who was trying to after the holidays and indulging coming back the next year? What kind of advice would you give them? Keep the body moving. Do something that brings you joy. Our bodies were designed to move. Mm-hmm. And if you just start out small because for us, our human nature is to develop habits. If you tell yourself, I'm going to move 30 minutes a day, whatever those 30 minutes are. I mean, if you, Rome wasn't built in a year, nobody can do an Ironman the next day or a hundred mile or ultra marathon. You have to start with baby steps. And if you, it takes, even if you're off season, off season is a great time to work on things that you normally wouldn't work on when you're trying to peak for a, a certain goal race. It's like go hiking more, go cycling if, if that's not, if, if that maybe that's your weakness, work on your weaknesses or just simply move. Like could say 30 to 60 minutes, I'm going to move and walk today. And it's something that you can share and do alone or you can do with a, with a buddy. Um, it's something that our bodies were are designed to do. Quick question. So what is your favorite? Because like you said, you've done so many different things. What's your favorite distance or is, or what's your favorite discipline? Like, is do you like Ironmans better? Do you like marathons better? What Which one of these do you enjoy the most? I, I think my body is really familiar with the marathon, and I love the marathon. I love the challenge of the Ironman. I, I love it so much because they are pretty strict with time cutoffs, and so you can't show up on race day and say, I'm just going to finish it mm. because – uh, they, they have cutoffs for the swim, they have cutoffs for the bike, and they have cutoffs for the run. And so you literally not only are training your body to go the distance, but also to develop some speed within each of those disciplines. And so it makes it so challenging in that way, and, and it makes it makes you work harder for that. Uh, but I think the biggest, biggest one that, discipline that I love is mountain running, just escaping into the wilderness and scaling mountains. Like if you ask me to do 
an eight, nine hour mountain run with a mountain run slash hike. I, 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 I thrive in that. I absolutely thrive in it. Mm. Your, your story is, I mean, just from the beginning, like when you first said, well, yeah, I was 14 and I ran a marathon on a whim. It's so inspiring. I actually have to do a run after we finished talking. And I was actually thinking about, oh, I'm just going to eat something and, and sit down. Now I'm like, okay, I got to go run. <laughs> I've got to after talking with yeah, you. Yeah, and, and, and the thing is, is that no matter what level we're coming from, it, we can be a, a fastest three-hour marathon or a five-hour, six-hour marathon or a first-time 5 k it just starts with that first step, and it's always going to be hard, even for the person that is highly motivated. Because I think people also, you know, they take that, Nadia, you're so happy all the time, or you're always energized all the time. I go, but there are days. There are days that I really struggle with personal things that are going on, or, you know, if, if there's injury, there's tweaks, because now bracing for 20, 21 years, my body has evolved and it's changed, and I've had to adjust to it and adjust my training and adjust my expectations, but my heart is still as young as ever, and my fire and my ambition is still as young as ever, that always reminding yourself of your goals and reminding yourself why. I think the biggest question is always that we should ask ourselves, why is our goal what it is? And that will get us out the door when we struggle, because I, I, I have days where I just don't want to work out. I'm like, no, I don't want to. But I force myself to remember, like, no, you know you're going to love it when you're out there. You know, just get your, even though it's cold outside, get your shoes on and go. Like, just commit. You have to commit. And that, that's that's a perfect way to, to kind of end this interview. And I, I really appreciate you taking the time again to speak with us. Can you let people know um, how they can follow you, get in touch with you after listening to this, like your Instagram or Facebook page? Yes, you can find me on, on all of them, on, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Iron Girl Nadia. Iron Girl Nadia, perfectly not, perfect Nadia. Now, one last thing, just if you have anything that we missed, anything that you wanted to talk about um, to the audience, um, you can do that now. Did you have anything at all that you wanted to add? Funny how whenever you hear a question being asked it to somebody else, you're like, oh, I know exactly what I want to say. <laughs> but now that it's asked it, might hit me. I'm like, whoa, I think I said everything. <laughs> Well, you, really, did a, you did a great job. Thank you. Well, once again, thank you, Nadia. Um, I'm sure many of my listeners are going to go follow you. I, I'm very impressed by you, definitely. Let me ask you this, because I know you, you said you do take on personal clients. Do you do virtual? Is it all just L.A.? Do you only deal with virtu- uh, clients oh, there in L.A.? Oh, it's also virtual. So I write customized training plans. So I have clients like in New York or in, in Boston or in, even out of the country as well. If we can keep in touch with email and, and telephone, then I can train you. Definitely. Well, once again, Nadia, thanks again for speaking with, here, with, speaking with us here at The Run Duo. You try to have a good day, okay? Thank you so much. Oh, what a great interview. Yeah, she's awesome. Yes, Nadia, thank you for taking time out of your day to speak with us again. Another great episode, yes. and it's the end of the year, of 2018. We're going into 2019. I'm so excited. Yes, we are. We're about to have a new year and just excitement. And thank you, everybody that has continued to support us through 2018. Yes, and we plan on big things for 2019. Yes, yes. We're yes. going to broaden this a little bit. Yes. We know, try some new things. Yes, get you guys are. more involved with the uh, podcast. And please continue to send us questions, people you want us to interview, anything. Please send it over to us. We want you all to get involved, get engaged, and give us some good stuff. Exactly. So, India, while you're on Christmas vacation, how can they get in touch with you? (laughs) 
You all can reach out to me on Instagram at I underscore of underscore indigo, E-N-D-I-G-O-O, excuse me, underscore runs. So that's I underscore of underscore indigo underscore runs. Um, you can also email me at milesfromindia at gmail.com. And you can find me on Facebook at India Cook. And you can get me at Thomas W. Mitchell 2 at gmail.com. Of course, tmitch68 on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to start a Kickstarter account for my kids' uh, daycare. Cause <laughs> I can't with you. They straight tripping. Yes. Um, so they get it's That's crazy. Why some of these people be uh, staying at home because it's cheaper to keep them at the house. I mean, for the amount per right. month they want me to pay, mm-hmm. we could buy another house. Yes. Basically, and just let the kid stay in his own house by yes. himself. This is true. But anyway, so yeah, you can get me there as yes. well as, of course, is our. Um, um, uh, our own Instagram account at uh, The Run Duo. Yes, and don't forget, if you have any people that would like to listen to us, we can be found on Google Play, obviously Instagram at The Run Duo, Duo iTunes, SoundCloud, and obviously hit us up on TheRunDuo at gmail.com as well if you have anything you want to give us. And that's another great episode. Yes, yes. See you next year. Yes, y'all have a good one. See you in 2019. Peace. <laughs>